Well, good morning, Southview Baptist. How are we? I am the voice in the booth. Glad to have you with us here today, worshiping the Lord, having a great day today. We um, we are going to baptize a couple of sisters in the Lord today. Uh, we're also doing new members. Um, those who have gone through the new member process, between the first service and the second service, we're going to have around 25 people um, uh, officially joining the church and covenant membership today. And so what a great day. It's just fun to celebrate that. So uh, I want to introduce you to Marvilla. Marvilla, come on down. This is Marvilla Boyce. She comes today to uh, present herself for baptism, and she has shared her testimony. I'd love for you to see it. Good morning, Savio family. My name is Marvilla Boyce. I was born in Panama. I grew up in a Catholic family. We always believed that uh, uh, going to church, so uh, my dad, every Sunday, we get up and get ready and go to church. He, my dad, especially my dad, he always be reading the Bible. He always saying that we needed to pray because God always answers our prayers. So that was something that we always do. And my mom, she usually always tell us that we needed to do that too. So, but especially my dad, my dad was one of the best. Yes. Uh, uh, so that was good. So, well, like I said, we always grow up like that. And and like I said, over the years, uh, we do that every time. And we grow up. My dad would read the Bibles to us. And we we did pay attention on everything. And both once, once we start getting older and everything like that, we... Everything started being okay, but once uh once we got older and we started getting a little uh well I started getting a little uh apart from the church, and then after a while after many years of uh later after the invasion in Panama happened, and then after that I met my husband and we got married and we moved right here to this country, uh this beautiful country that I really love. Uh, 
once we were here, uh, that was the language barrier. I didn't really understand hardly any English. And and then I have, I was pregnant and I have my kids. So, and then I met a few people that they, they took me to, uh, the first time I came to, I uh, went to a church, it took me to a church, which is, was a little bit scary and it kind of, a little bit funny because I'd never been to a different church because, like I said, when I went, to, when I was in Panama, they, as always, Catholic. So this church, it was, it was something different. So, but anyway, so I went to that one and I said, I can't go to that again because it was not something for me. But anyway, so uh, I, I didn't went to that one anymore. So and then a few days, a few months later, I, I met somebody else and they said, we're well, going to the church. I went to that other church. I don't know what kind of church was that one too, but it was something different too. So I just keep going to different church. And after that, I just kind of just stopped because like I said, but it was the language barrier. So I just kind of stopped and years and years passed and I just just concentrating my kids. I just concentrate on getting a job and just trying to work and just taking care of my kids. Uh, a few years later, back in 2005, um, my sister-in-law and I, she wants to try to find a church for herself. So she asked me to just come with her. So we went, so we went to this church, it was Pentecostal. So, uh, she said that she wanted me to go. So I went with her and, um, it was a really nice church. It was a really nice people right there. It was a really good atmosphere. And it was good. We were there for a, for a few months and everything. It was good. We stayed there. But once uh, she said she can find what she needed there, so we decided to move. So then I came here to Southview. And then once I was here, I really, really like it. And I wasn't even thinking that I was looking. I didn't know that I, I was actually looking for a church. I didn't know that I, I was lost. But then I find this church. And I said, God, I really wanted this church. And I wanted to be here. And I think God was telling me to be here. So I stayed right here. Even though my sister said that, my sister not tell me that she wanted to go somewhere else. And I said, I think I wanted to be here because I feel my heart, it was full right here. So. I stay right here and I feel happy right here. I feel like I, what I needed is here. So even though I haven't actually been a member or anything like that, and I really haven't met this many people right here, which I, I know there's many, many wonderful people right here around me. I just haven't met it because I'm really kind of shy person, even though you probably don't think I am, but I am. Um, it's very hard for me to make friends. But I really like the church, and I like the atmosphere, and I love how the pastor talk and how it make me feel like I can understand it. And I, it is so wonderful that I can find it. And I, and I think, even though that I, I'm getting baptized, and I know this don't make me a Christian, but I think it makes me a little bit closer to what I want to be right now. And I know it's watching the sense that I, uh, that I have. And I know that God 
it's gonna make me be a, a well I know I'm a good person but I know God is gonna make me be a better person and I know that with everything that's happening right now in my life which is a lot right now I know it's gonna get better I just wanted to tell everyone that I'm just very thankful right now because I'm just happy even though that there's a lot of stuff that is happening in my life right now. I'm just happy to be here and I'm really, really thankful. Thank you for God. Thank you for my family. Thank you. Amen. All right. Marvilla, ha have a seat for me. Have a seat there. All right. Well, Marvilla, having talked to you and heard of your faith that you placed in Jesus Christ as your Savior, it's my privilege to baptize now you, my sister. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There it is. Amen. 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 All right. All right. All right. Miss Marilyn. This is Miss Marilyn. She comes today to present herself for baptism. And Marilyn would like to share her testimony as well. So please watch. Hi, my name is Marilyn. And I'd like to make a testimony for my belief in Christ. I've had Jesus with me my whole life through thick and through thin, through good times and through bad. And uh, he's always been there with me, walking me through life. And as a child, I was baptized, but I didn't know what I was getting into. But as an adult, I know what I'm getting into, and I profess my belief in Christ. And uh, I believe that everybody should have a support. He's my main support. Amen. 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 Well, Marilyn, it, having heard of your faith in Christ and your decision to live your life for Him and for His glory, it's my privilege and my honor to baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There we go. Amen. All right, all right. Well, hey, everyone, let's stand together. 
Let's continue worshiping Jesus. Good morning, church. My prayer is that as we gather, as we sing, as we, as we pray, as we hear the word preached, that simply Christ would be magnified in our lives and in, in this midst. Let's sing.
of song. We get to sing these truths, church. I love days like this when we have baptism, when we have um, new members joining because we get to see as a, as a body of Christ the impact of Christ on our lives, you know? And I know, I know and we know, we understand that baptism is not what saves you. It's simply a public declaration of our obedience to Christ. But it's so important to be a part of, to be a part of just praying for these sisters, to be a part of it yourself. Because what's been done for us is amazing. Isaiah chapter 44, verse 22 says, this is God speaking, I have blotted out your transgressions like a cloud and your sins like a mist. He says, return to me, for I have redeemed you. And so for the believers, for the saints in this room, I want that to be an encouragement to you, that by faith we believe in Christ, and there's nothing else that you need to do but submit. You know, you just need to believe by faith. And the Holy Spirit is placed in you, and then you let him have his great work. And for, and for the people who are seeking the truth, I encourage you to listen to these saints sing, listen to these prayers, listen to um, Pastor Brad preach. And my prayer would be that God would call you today. That he would call you today. He would give you the ability to respond. And you would respond in obedience. And you would say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Use me. Take me. Take my life. And I pray that as we sing and as we celebrate our salvation, that we are all encouraged. Let the chains drop away. All the fears dissipate and just look at Jesus, all right? Just look at Jesus. Let's see.
If you have a Bible, let's find Titus chapter 2 together, all right? Titus chapter 2. We are working our way through the book of Titus together, and we find ourselves in chapter 2. And, and the big idea for the book of Titus we've been telling you is gospel thinking for gospel living. Uh, God does indeed care about how you live. How you live matters. What you do matters. It matters to God because He has commanded us to live in certain ways. It matters to the world. They're watching. How we live will determine whether or not they mock God or desire and pursue God. How you live matters to the church. You are your brother's keeper. How other people in this room live their lives really actually is your responsibility. It does matter. So in Titus, what's happening is the Apostle Paul is writing to uh, Titus, this young man, and, and he's trying to lead churches on this island of Crete. And he says, all right, I want you to gather all your people together, older men, older women, younger women, younger men, even the household servants. Bring everybody together, and I want, to sh- I want you to explain to them how that lost world out there should not determine how you lived your life. The exact opposite should be true. You should live your life in such a way that impacts the culture, right? And so he's calling us to live differently. And as you look at Titus, specifically Titus chapter 2, this passage that we're looking at over the next few weeks, it it really boils down to Titus 2 verse 14. I want to read that to you. Titus 2 14 says, who, that's Jesus, Jesus gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. I want you to notice that Jesus gave himself for two reasons. He gave himself, one, to redeem you, to forgive you, right, to to make you new. But the second thing that he gave himself for was to purify you. Purify for himself a people for his own possession who are what? Zealous for good works. A group of people who are not just forgiven but are changed and live changed. Jesus did not just die to take away your sin. Jesus died to give you a new assignment. And that's to live a life that brings glory and honor to him. And it doesn't just say that you do good works but that you're zealous for them. You love that. You desire that. You want to live differently. If you're here today and you would admit that there isn't an internal desire to live differently from the world, not that you know you should or you ought to or that's what Christians, but if there's not an internal longing and desire in you to be different, you may want to check your salvation. Because Titus 2.14 says Jesus gave himself 
to purify you, to, to redeem you one, and then to purify you so that you'll be zealous and desire and long and pursue good works. So as he's doing this for this group of people, this church, he breaks it down into different groups, right? So older men this, and older women this, and younger women, and younger men, and and so we're taking some time over the next few weeks to do that very thing. We're looking at each of these groups and seeing specifically what is God calling each of these groups to. Last week we looked at older men. Today we're going to look at a group of people that's just referred to in the scriptures as older women. So Titus chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Let's read that together. Older women... Likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children. All right, so first out of the gate, we got to do what we did last week. We have to answer the question, who is the older woman? I heard that chuckle. Um, so, a couple of things. One... Words matter, and what is actually said in the Bible matters. Notice Titus 2. He doesn't call anyone an old woman. He refers to them as older, as in you're older in comparison to this person. That makes sense? So the idea is there are people in that church, ladies in that church, who are older than other ladies in that church. And they said if you are fitting into that category, there are some things that need to be true of you. Right? And, and on an even broader level, I think this is really important. Last week with older men, this week with older women. What I want to encourage you with is God views the wisdom and experience and knowledge and maturity that can only come from your age. Right? There's no other way to get it. There's no other way to earn it. The only way you get that level of experience and wisdom and knowledge and maturity is to live a long time. And the Bible, I want you to know, honors that. The Bible says that's a good thing. There are things that you learn in the Lord that you can only learn over time. Right? It just takes time. It takes experience. And I think this is a really important word for us because in our society today, we worship youth we worship it we as americans spend billions of dollars a year trying to convince people we're not as old as we are now is there anything wrong with being healthy and no but i think what we need to understand is the Bible does not look at getting older as a bad thing. Our society does. No matter what you do for a living. If you're in the military, you're a teacher, you're a banker, you're a lawyer, you swing a hammer for a living. It doesn't matter. No matter what you do for a living, there will come a point with your business, with your organization, with your industry, that your age is going to be a detriment. They're going to be able to find someone half your age and pay them half as much. And they're going to say, have a nice day. That awaits all of us, including pastors, by the way. And so what the Bible is trying to say is, while that may be true out there, while everyone is running away from 
um, getting older, and every group and organization uh, in the world uh, desires to get younger and get younger and get younger. The one place that should not be true is the church. The one place where we should love and value and honor and respect and lean into the wisdom and maturity that can only come from age is right here. And so I want you to know that's our desire, that's our heart. We believe that, that the older you get in the Lord, the more mature you are in the Lord, the more value you offer to the kingdom of God. And so specifically for today, older women. Ladies, according to the context here, verses 3 and 4, what does that mean? Um, apparently here, these are ladies who are supposed to help younger ladies in being a wife or a mom. So this is someone who's lived long enough to have some experience with that. Right? You've lived long enough to, to um, you know, be married for any significant length of time and have kids and go through various stages of raising those kids. And you're able to look back at someone a stage or two behind you and help kind of pour into that. Um, also, I think on a practical level, what's helpful for this is older and younger and where you fit in that. A lot of it depends on who you're in the room with. So like for Marie and I, we feel like we're in this weird space where we're in our 40s. And so we're like, well, where do we fit? So on one hand, there are people who are a couple of decades older than us, and we really try to glean a lot of wisdom and insight from them because they've gone through stages that we haven't gone through yet. And on the flip side, by this point in our lives, Marie and I, we've both been walking with Jesus for 30-plus years. We've been married for 20 years. We've been in ministry for 20 years. We've got four kids. We've Enough water has gone underneath that bridge. We've got enough bumps and bruises. We're able to pour into a generation behind us. So for us, we're older or younger based on who we're sitting in the room with. So the point isn't the Bible has this line in the sand age where when you cross that line, congratulations, you're now old. The point is instead, every one of us, needs to have it as a core value in our heart because it is a core value of our church that we want to have discipling relationships where we're pouring into someone a stage or two behind us. Like we want to always be doing that. So that's what he's trying to push us towards for these older men and older women. So specifically for older women here, what does it say should be true of older women? Verse 3 Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children. So the first phrase there is reverent in behavior. So here's really deep. If you have a Bible, ladies, circle the word reverence, or whatever translation your word would, would be there. Here's why that's a big deal. That word, that is the only time that word is used in the entire Bible. I always look for things like that and star that that's significant. This is the only time that word is used in the entire Bible. When he's referring to what an older woman should be like, the Apostle Paul grabs a word he has never used for any other person ever. That's significant. The word reverent means to, to, to be holy and to be um, uh, desirable for a certain position or office. Right? And the word behavior refers to how you live your life, how you carry yourself. Kind of a broad junk drawer term of how you, how you interact and how you talk to people and how you dress and how you carry yourself and all those sorts of things. 
And so basically he's saying, for older women, live your life, carry yourself in a way where you present yourself as holy and respectable and honorable and worthy for the title of a daughter of God. And this is why it's so important. It's significant that older women see this and pursue this. And here's why. The point is, older women, has, you've lived long enough to know what this world tries to tell you you should be as a woman is a lie. Right? It doesn't work. The point is, this is an older woman who's lived long enough to know the truths of Proverbs 31.30 and 1 Peter 3.4 are true. So what do they say? Proverbs 31.30, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. 1 Peter 3.4, let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. Older women have lived long enough to know that is what really matters. All the things that the world is throwing at you, it's going to fade. It isn't going to last. We live in a society. So think about just the world. Would you say that we are overrun in our world, in our society, in our country with women that present themselves in a way that's holy and honorable and above reproach? That's a negative, Ghost Rider. Right? That ain't happening. No. Which is why God is calling women in the body of Christ to rise up and set a different standard. Here's what it looks like to be holy and revered. Here's what it looks like to live a respectable, honorable life. Here's what it looks like to think longer than 30 seconds into the future. We need this. We need older women who are willing to be this. Second, he says not only older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, but he also says they're to be not slanderers. Not slanderers. What is that? So the word slander means to gossip, speak ill of, impugn. But here's the bigger thing. That word slander in the Greek is actually diabolos. The devil. In the masculine form, that word diabolos is only used in reference to Satan. So literally, what it says there is, older ladies, don't be a she-devil. Satan is the great accuser. Satan is the great slanderer. Satan is the one who takes people's faults and failures and problems and tries to about it and so what he's saying here is this when you gossip when you slander when you speak ill of people when you use your speech to tear down rather than build up you're working for the devil that's that's a big deal right that seems significant why why, does older, why do older women specifically here get encouraged to not be this, not be slanderers? I think a couple of things. I think, one, on a practical level, women are more relational, and as a result of that, they have more conversations. Right? I mean, it's been scientifically proven that women use twice as many words in an average day as a man. 
right? My wife even texts differently than I do, yeah? Right, like full-blown paragraphs, thesis statements. I'm like, yes, <laughs> right? Okay, thumbs up emoji. So we'll be driving down the road. I'll be driving and someone would text me. And I say, oh, my phone dings. Oh, can you check to see who that is? She checks, oh, so-and-so. Uh, you want me to send a message back to him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But make it sound like me and not you, all right? Don't, don't send Pastor Scott a heart emoji, okay? Don't do that. Don't do that. So as a practical point, women are more relational. Women have more conversation. And so I think what God is saying here is, listen, you're going to have ample opportunity to either speak with blessing or speak with cursing. Be cautious what you do. Ladies. You carry an enormous weight when it comes to the overall unity of the body of Southview Baptist Church. You, personally, ladies, carry an enormous weight on that. The conversations you have, the way you interact, the way you either excuse and forgive people who may do silly and frivolous or even outright sinful things or you holding on to that and sharing it with others you personally carry an enormous weight on how united we will be because you're more relational because you're going to have more conversations because you're going to be more opportunities to either bless or curse specifically these older ladies are told here Don't be a slanderer. Don't be a she-devil. Older ladies are to become more sweet in how they speak over time, not more sour. They're to build up more, not tear down. And I would also say this as well. We're talking about getting older. There's something that I've noticed, maybe you've noticed. um, as, As ladies get older, they can tend to drift into a mindset of, I can say what I want, when I want, how I want, about who I want. Yeah? A couple of problems with that. Um, One, it's a sin. Uh, Two, the Bible says when you do that, you're working for the devil. So, it's a big deal. Right? It's not just supposed to be cute when grandma tells everybody off. Right? You shouldn't be that. You've been walking with Jesus for too long to be that. You should be different. And that's what he's warning about here. Older ladies, don't be a slanderer. Don't be a busy body with your mouth. Don't tear people down. Don't give everybody your negative opinion about everything. Don't be that. Don't be that. You're different. You've You have the opportunity. I know it's viewed here in the negative. Don't be a this. But the the opposite is intended as well. Don't be that because you have the opportunity to be a blessing. To be a life giver with your speech. To be someone that lifts up and encourages. To be someone who prays fervently for those who might, yes, have sinned against you or someone else. You can be a blessing. Be that. Right? Be that. Uh, next, says again, older women likewise be reverent in behavior, not slanderers 
or slaves to much wine. All right, so let's unpack that for a moment. Slaves to much wine. So the Bible speaks a lot of warning against alcohol, right? Talks a lot about that. Warns against drunkenness, the dangers of excess to alcohol. Yeah. But something really interesting. So your translation in your Bible there in that verse 3 may use a different word, may use don't be given to alcohol or um, something like that. But the word is slave, doulos. And it's interesting, in the entire Bible, this is the only time, again, I look for those unique ones. This is the only time in the entire Bible slavery is connected to alcohol. Every other time, there are clear denunciations of drunkenness, right? First Peter, or excuse me, First Timothy chapter 3 tells pastors and deacons, don't be given to wine, don't be drunk with wine. Titus 1, pastors, don't be given to wine. Titus 2, 2, he tells older men, we saw this last week, be sober-minded. In other words, don't be drunk, be sober. But this is the only time in the entire Bible he looks at someone in reference to alcohol and says, don't be a slave to that. Why is that? Why, why is it different? He could have used a different word. He used a different word five verses before that. Why this word? And I think I, I got a potential idea. I think God uses a, a, more, a, more, a stronger word there because his heart so beats and loves his daughters. He does not want you enslaved mastered, controlled by anything. He doesn't want you like that. He doesn't want you controlled. He doesn't want you enslaved. He wants to be the one who fills you and empowers you. He wants to be the one you submit to. He wants to be the one that's in control. He desperately doesn't want you enslaved to anything. Jesus Christ came to set you free from all slavery to sin. He doesn't want you walking in this. And so he uses a very strong word here. Older ladies, my dear, sweet, beloved saints in the Lord, my daughters that I crave and I love, don't be a slave to this. Don't be a slave to it. And I think this is an extremely important word for us today because coming off 2020, man, alcohol abuse and specifically prescription pill abuse among ladies it's through the roof. It is exploding. And God's word for you here today is, you don't have to be a slave to that. You don't have to be a slave to that addiction. If that is you today, and you, you do feel like there's some form of enslavement, especially when it comes to a, a substance of some kind, we want to help you. We want to help guide you in the places that can, that can really help and get the most ministry for you. We love you. We want to help you. Don't just walk away still enslaved. Let us do this with you. And, and, and I know there's a fear in going to someone at church, going to a pastor and admitting something like that. I think I'm addicted to this, or I'm having a problem with this, or I'm controlled by this. I know that you're, you desperately don't want to do that. I, they're, what are they going to think of me? What are they going to think of me? Every person that comes into my office for counseling, I make three promises, right? So if you were to come to my office, I will make you three guarantees. Promise number one, nothing you say is the craziest thing I've ever heard. I promise. 
been doing this for two decades. I've seen some crazy stuff. Right? Nothing you say is going to beat that. And if you think it might, I definitely want to talk to you, all right? I'm intrigued. Number two, nothing you say is going to change the way I think about you. Nothing. It's not going to change how I feel about you. It's not going to change how I think about you. Man, if I've been forgiven, good gracious, what a jerk I would be to now think poorly of someone else about their, right? That's, that's kind of defeats the whole Christianity thing, doesn't it? It's not going to change anything I think about you. And third is this. If you're willing to walk the road, we'll walk with you as slow and as long as it takes. Man, if we've got to crawl the path, then I will get on my hands and knees and we'll crawl the path together. If it takes a long time, it's okay. We're making progress. We're striving. If you feel like you're trapped in some sin, you're enslaved, whether it be alcohol or, or anything, you don't have to suffer in this. Let us walk with you. This is what the church is for. This is why Titus is specifically calling out these older ladies in the congregation. He's not calling them out like, oh, I know you little drunk lady. Um, he's saying, look, you don't have to be enslaved to this. You don't have to be a slave to this. Let the body of Christ help you. Let the body of Christ help you. And I think also an interesting thing that's important as well, specifically talking about older ladies being enslaved, I think it's an an important word helping us to understand, look, you're never going to reach a magic age where sin and Satan doesn't bother you anymore. Right? There, There never comes that time. Satan is a roaring lion seeking someone to devour, and he will eat you. He doesn't care how old you are. So there never comes this age where you have to not worry about that anymore. He's specifically telling older ladies, don't be slaves to this. Don't be slaves to sin. There never comes that point where we get to take our eyes off of Christ and think we've got this thing nailed. We don't. We don't. So we want to walk in freedom from sin, not in slavery. And then last, look at verse 3 again. So he tells them, reverend and behavior, not slanderers, or slaves to much wine. And then that last sentence there in verse 3. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children. So, basically, older women are being told to disciple, right? To, to, To pour in to younger generations. So a couple of thoughts about this. Number one, uh, look who the command is being sent to to teach. Older women. As you read Titus chapter 2, Titus is commanded, the pastor of this church, he's commanded to teach older men. He's commanded to teach older women. He's commanded to teach the younger men. But when it comes to the younger women, it's intentionally skipped over, and that responsibility is given to the older women. Now, clearly they have settings like this where everybody's in the room, and Titus, I'm sure, would preach to everyone and teach everyone. But when it comes to that one-on-one discipling, he could do the older men, he can spend time with the older women, he can spend time with the younger men. But when it came to the younger women, the clear responsibility was for the older women to take that. Now, I think there are a couple of reasons for that. One, and this is just my opinion, if I ever have an opinion that it's just my opinion, I'll tell you it's my opinion, this is my opinion. Um, I think one of the things that could be here is Titus is probably a young single man. And Paul, his dad in the ministry, 
lived a long time, had a lot of experience, has some wisdom, and is able to go, you know what, Titus, I don't think it's a good idea for you to be hanging out with all these um, uh, young ladies as they talk about how bad their husbands are. Like, I don't think that's going to work. So let the older ladies do that, right? So that's, that's, that's one. So that's, that's that. But also, I think, as an older woman, you've experienced things that a younger woman is going to be able to relate to. Like, you've walked through those things. You've done that. You've had those experiences. I don't know what it's like to give birth to a child. And I praise God for that. <laughs> right? I think when he was lining it all up, that was one of his better ideas. If the men were responsible for that, the human population would be significantly less, right? Significantly less. You know, your wife would look at you, maybe you want to have another kid? No way, that junk hurts. You are out of your mind. But God in his wisdom gave that to ladies. I don't know what that's like. I know what it's like to stand beside my wife and say, good job, right? Other than that, I got nothing. And so the idea is there are things for older women that you've experienced, you've gone through, you've done, that you can connect. You can connect there. So you take that lead. You take that responsibility to pour into those younger ladies. And what do you do? What do you teach? Verse 3, they are to teach what is good. It only means you're a teacher of goodness. You don't teach bad things. You teach good things. You don't rub off your bad habits, teach them how to talk trash about their husband and Fuss about the kids, right? You teach them good things. And, and specifically, I love verse 4. And so train the young women to love their husbands and children. That word train, your, your Bible may have a different word. It may say teach or urge or encourage. ESV here says train. The Greek, though, is really cool. The Greek for that word is help them come to their senses. How awesome is that? Help them come to their senses when it comes to their husbands and their kids. Why do, why, is, why does the Bible tell older women to help younger women come to their senses when it comes to their families? Because if you listen to this world, it will make you crazy. It'll make you nuts. They'll throw all kinds of crazy stuff out to you. And, and you begin to look at it. You look, you know, young moms on Pinterest and Instagram, get off, all right? Um, uh, people always like, why do you hate social media so much? Because it's breaking your brain. Like, it is legit. The science is done, right? The science is in. It is the equivalent of digital crack. It is literally changing the wiring in your brain to think differently. It's breaking your brain. And so you got young moms, and you want to be good at this, right? You want to be a good mom. You want to be a good wife. You're a Christian. You want to be a godly woman. You want that. And so where do we go? We go where we go to everything. We go to Instagram. And we look for influencers, Christian influencers, to teach us how to do this. But here's the problem. If you go to social media for this, here's what social media does. Whatever you see online, that is a carefully curated and developed representation of what they want you to think of them. It is not reality. It is not truth. It is not normal life. It is fake. 
In fact, there is uh, one popular Christian mom influencer who just got called out because, like, she's online and has this big following and everything. And you look at the stuff and you think she's superhuman. Right? I mean, she's got these kids, and she does these amazing crafts, and her house looks like this awesome showpiece all the time, and, and, and she's got all these awesome dinners and snacks, and her kids have never even tasted sugar. Right? They don't even own a TV. I give my three-year-old a bag of Doritos and my phone just to get him to shut up for a little while. My mama needs a break. She's amazing. I could never be like that. How does she do that? That's awesome. Well, we found out how she did that. She hired a full-time nanny to live in her house and raise her kids. So that she can go online and build a following telling you how to be a mom. It's fake. It's not real. It's not reality. So, a couple of things. Number one, for young ladies in the room. Here it is. You're looking for a model and a mentor. Find it in this room. Actual, real-life, flesh-and-blood women who have been in the trenches and done it. And you can see them. You see the fruit from their life. You see the relationship with their husband and their kids. You see them faithfully a part of the body. You actually know their name. They actually know you. They're not strangers on the internet. You can actually go get a cup of coffee. Find your mentor here. I know you want to be a good mom, and I know you want to be a good wife, and I know you want to glorify God and be a godly woman. I know you want that. But where you're trying to find encouragement for that isn't going to give it to you. I love podcasts, and I love the online community, and I love all that that's given to us. But what that has done also is it has separated you from the body of Christ. So now you can just go home and find someone much better than me and just listen to him. And it completely disconnects you from the actual body. And we do the same thing with this. Unplug from that and find an actual human being in this room that can help you do that. Connect. And for older ladies, let me encourage you. I know for you, you're thinking right now, I can't ever do that. I'm not worthy of that. I can't tell anyone anything. I can't teach anyone anything. I don't know anything. How did you do it? Lord, I have no idea, right? We survived. I have no clue. I want to encourage you, ladies. You have more to give to rising generations than you think. I I was asking my wife for advice on this. Older women teaching younger women, what should I say? And she said, there are two big things that I think we need to hear. This comes from your pastor's wife who seeks very diligently to be this, to train up generations number one be honest when you have fallen and failed tell them how you've fallen and failed don't try to paint some picture better than what it is because you're just going to set their hopes up and they're going to step in to um, a a marriage or to have kids and it's just going to fall apart right you've been there and you've done that you know what it's like to be so excited to have a kid and says oh it's going to be amazing And then next thing you know, your kid is two, and you're locking yourself in the bathroom weeping. You know this. So just be honest. Just share your story. Look, here's what we've done well, and here's what we messed up on. Here's some holes you're going to want to not fall in. I fell in them. They hurt. Try not to do that. Do this. You can be that. You can be that encouragement. 
One, be honest. Two, um, Marie says, be patient with them. Be patient with younger generations. Remember how long it took you to get to where you are. Right? It took a while. It took some time. It took some learning. You, you walked through a season as a young woman, and you were freaking out about it. Right? You were absolutely losing your mind. It's going to be horrible. You got to the other end of it, and you realized, well, that wasn't so bad. But then someone younger than you starts to go through it. Don't look back at them and go, ah, it's no big deal. Why are you upset? You were upset 20 years ago when you went through it. L- walk them through like. Looking at someone, telling them to calm down doesn't work. Husbands. Your wife is upset. Has it ever worked when you looked at her and said, why are you so upset? Just calm down. Did she immediately go, I never thought about that. (laughs) I'm so Thank you. I'm just going to calm down now. No, no, it never worked. Don't do it to younger generations either, all right? They're walking through stuff. Um, they, uh, um, they're go- Even though you look back on it hindsight and see that it's just a grasshopper, for them it's a giant. So have patience with that. Walk them through that. Be patient. Be patient with them. We had a lady that uh, she really kind of fancied herself as, as a Titus II woman, pouring into younger generations. But she would do that and spend time with them and then leave them and come to us complaining about these stupid millennials that just are dumb. Right? And it's like, you, you know, like, in the same passage as the whole not be a slanderer thing. Like, you just broke that one. She devil. <laughs> Don't be, be patient. Be patient. It's going to take some time. It's going to have some bumps and bruises. That's okay. Be patient. The big idea for all of this, as you look at this Titus 2 woman, right? This is a woman who is living a life of honor and respect and dignity. This is a woman who blesses with her speech and doesn't curse. This is a woman who isn't controlled by anything but the Holy Spirit of God. And this is a woman who seeks to pour in to future generations so that they can rise up and be the same thing. This is a spiritually mature godly woman and we need a lot of those we need a lot of those in this room spiritually mature godly women who are rising up in their calling to be a titus 2 woman that pours in to future generations discipling them and raising them up we need you we need you to be this if we're going to have any hope for what we believe god has for us for the next 20 years we need you doing this. If, we, if every generation has to just keep falling in the same holes and learning the same lessons, and then the next generation has to fall in the same hole and learn the same lesson, we never move forward. We need you to help gather around young women, love them, pour into them, raise them up to godliness. So how do you do that? What does that look like? How does someone... Grow in spiritual maturity. Well, Titus chapter 2, verse 11 and 12, I think, show us this. And I'm going to ask our musicians to come up. As we look at Titus 2, 11 and 12. It says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, 
training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. So look at that word training. So I mentioned to you earlier about older women, train up younger women, how that word meant to bring them to their senses. This is a different word with a different meaning. Translated the same word in English, but two totally different words in Greek. This word doesn't mean bring someone to their senses. This is more of a parenting term, like when you parent your child, like you're trying to guide them up into adult maturity, yeah? And with that, it's going to involve teaching and correcting and instructing, and we need to be disciplining. Like, no, 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 don't go over there. Got to come back this way. No, 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 don't go over there. Got to come back this way, right? Your tra- right? Proverbs, train a child up in the way that they should go. This is what he's talking about here in Titus 2, 11 and 12. Training up. And who is doing the training here? Verse 11, the grace of God. The gospel. What Jesus Christ has done for you on the cross. Dying in your place as your substitute and your sacrifice for your sin to redeem you. Like we saw in verse 14 but also to purify you so that you now are zealous and desiring to live a life of good works and godliness. So, as we are being trained up, trained up to righteousness, trained up to godliness, trained up to maturity, how do we do this? Well, the grace of God corrects us. When you start to walk over here, the grace of God says, no, 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 that's not who you are in Christ. You're this, come back this way. You start to wander over here. No, 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 that's not who you are in Christ. You're this, come back this way. And the point is that the gospel of Jesus Christ is training and guiding you, showing you who you are in Christ, what Jesus did for you, so that you reject all that is ungodly in this world and live out all that is righteous in Christ. So, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for me. And I want to end our time here giving you an opportunity to pray. For everyone, all of us, praying that God would allow the gospel to train us up in godliness, train us up in righteousness. I want every one of us here, myself included, to take just a moment and ask the Spirit of God to show us, is there anything in me that is not in accordance with who I am in Christ? If so, God, show me that. I want to repent of that. I want to turn from that. I want to walk in holiness. I want you to train me up, God, that I would walk out faithfully who you've made me to be. And and specifically for our ladies, I want you to pray that God would equip you, empower you to be what Titus 2 and 3 calls you to. A woman who lives a life that's reverent and honorable. A woman blesses in the way that she speaks. A woman who is enslaved to nothing but Jesus Christ for the glory of God. A woman who seeks 
to pour into younger generations because you just want to see them go even farther than you ever could. You just want to shoot them off like an arrow. So you pour into them and pour into them and pour into them so they can get much farther down the road much faster than you ever did because you care about the kingdom advancing. So Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts as we spend just a few moments with you. thank you. We thank you for Jesus, your life that you gave yourself for us to redeem us from our sin but to also to purify us, to make us clean from the inside out so that we now desire to live lives of holiness. We confess that we don't always do that. We confess that we still sin but I pray God where, where we do sin, where we do wander off the path, I pray that your grace, your gospel will train us up so that we'll see that. Holy Spirit, you'll convict us of that. And we'll turn from that and step back on the path. We're not going to be turning to the right or the left, but your gospel is going to train us up to walk forward. I pray, God, for our ladies, Lord, that you would bless them, you would raise them up, that you would empower them to be all that you've called them to be. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, before you go, guys, uh, we've got some folk we want to introduce you to. Again, we had some new members come forward in the previous service. We want to present some folk for you today uh, that have gone through our membership process and are ready to be presented today for covenant membership here at Southview. So I'm going to call your name. Come on up. We're just going to line up across the front here, all right? So first, the Bakers. Tyler, Rui, come on down, guys. We'll come on down this way. Great. All right, guys. So we've got the Bakers here, Tyler and Rui, coming to be a part of Southview. Uh, now, how long have you guys been hanging out around here? Wow. So baptized here in 14, coming together now as a couple, presenting themselves as membership. So excited about that. Praise the Lord for that. So if you're excited about the Bakers coming today, being a part of Southview and our home, uh, home here as a church, just let them know by saying amen. Amen. Uh, Hardys, David and Sandy. Come on over, guys, David and Sandy. Had a chance to spend some time with David and Sandy and get to know them a little bit. Come on this way, guys. So excited to have them come and be a part of our church here, both professing faith in the Lord and excited to be a part of the ministry here and what that means for them and getting plugged in and apart. So uh, so again, for the Hardys, if you're 
welcoming them, excited for them being a part of the fellowship here at Southview. Let them know by saying amen. 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 Darlene and Marilyn, come on down as well. Well, that's right. Come on. You can just land right here with me. So, Darlene Carity, Marilyn Revis, coming today to uh, present themselves with membership. You met Marilyn earlier, had a chance to baptize her. Um, I, so I typically would never do this, but I'm going to do it. Okay, so can I ask how old you are? 87. Amen. 87 coming today, getting baptized. Awesome. Praise the Lord. So excited. Amen. Amen. So for Marilyn, for Darlene, if you are excited about them, again, being a part of our uh, church family here. Darlene's been around for a while, actually. Um, and so uh, Marilyn finally dragged her into to, to membership. Yes, true. Yes, we had one. Um, um, uh, we baptized one from Panama this morning. And uh, Marilyn's actually from Hawaii. So um, she, uh, she promised that she would not do a hula for us. <laughs> She'll try but if you're excited about Darlene Maryland being a part of our church, let them know by saying amen. 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 All right. Um, Preston and Karen Jackson. So the tallies, they, uh, Preston and Karen, you guys can come on down. Uh, but for the tallies, we're going to actually have them next week. Uh, they uh, weren't able to be a part with us today, so we're going to be presenting them for membership next week. But Preston and Karen, you guys come on. Come on down this way, guys. So I had a chance to, again, spend some more time with Preston and Karen, hear their story, their walk with the Lord, everything that brought them here through military service and landing here from here, military service, and ended up coming back here. So boomerang back around. So great to have them with us. So again, for Preston, for Karen, if you're excited to have them, the Jacksons, as a part of our church family, let them know by saying amen. All right, say amen. Eric and Stephanie. Eric and Stephanie, come on. Get in the scooter. All right. So, so great to have Eric and Stephanie with us coming in uh, for membership. Again, uh, years of service, knowing the Lord, loving the Lord, excited to be a part. God calling them here to be a part of the Southview family. So, again, if you're excited about the Lewises uh, coming and being a part, just let Eric and Stephanie know you're excited about that by saying amen. Giving them a round of applause. Now, uh, Ryan, Ryan McDerris, Ryan, come on. And uh, John, you can come on and join us as well. John Jennings, go ahead and join us. But Ryan, come on this way. So good to have Ryan coming to be a part of us. He's been a part of our fellowship, small groups, been a part of for, uh, for quite a while. Parents are a part here. So, so good to have Ryan coming and being a part and 
joining in membership. Excited to have him be a part of the family here. So if you're excited about Ryan, let him know by saying amen. Give him a round of applause. And then we got John. John as well. John been here, a part of the body of the Southview family here for a while, being a part of, again, small groups and everything. So great to have him come and being a part of the family here officially in covenant membership. So again, if you're excited about John, say amen and give him a big hand clap as well. Thank you guys very much. Thank you guys very much. Smile. All right. I want to pray for this crew and uh, let, them, uh, let them have a seat. Uh, so let's pray for them. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you, God, that you just have called these wonderful people here. We thank you, God, that your hand is on them. I pray, Lord, that you would bless them. I pray, God, that you would allow them to find connection and family here and that you would allow them to just dig down deep with roots and grow and bear much fruit for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so you guys can go have a seat, but stay close because we're going to bring you back up here in a minute for a picture. So have a seat. You can grab you a place right there on the front row. Well, for everyone else, just uh, thank you so much again for being here with us today. If you're a guest with us, welcome. Uh, So glad that you're here being a part of the church family as we worship together and grow together. If, If you're a guest, we'd love to connect with you best way you can do that is just grab your cell phone and text the word connect to our number 910-424-1298 that's how we're going to be able to start chatting with one another but for everyone we got three big announcements of what's going on first is this volunteers so we talked about membership today a big part of that being a part of the church family is serving we'd love for you to find a place to serve we have a lot of opportunities for serving Um, in various capacities, children's ministry, youth ministry, greeter ministry, music, uh, worship ministry, you name it, we got something for it. So we'd love to have you come and be a part. You can, you can find some opportunities to serve and get someone to contact you and talk through that by texting the word volunteer to our number. And I would specifically encourage you to consider children's ministry and youth ministry in light of our service today. How are you going to pour into younger generations? Here's a way to do that. You can pour in, especially for ladies. You can pour into young ladies through our children's ministry and through our youth ministry. Pouring into them, discipling them, loving them, doing Titus 2 too, right? Doing Titus uh, 2, 3, and 4. Like you you can actually do that. So I encourage you to, to plug in and find a place to serve. Second, Halloween outreach. Halloween night, we're opening up a bunch of our homes to be outreach centers as we're handing out candy and encouraging people. If you'd like to have your home be one of those, there's still time to sign up. You can text Halloween to our number to sign up for that. And then lastly, ladies, um, this coming Saturday, you've got an event, Pumpkin Spice and Everything Nice, October 22nd this Saturday. So if you want to be a part of that, text PUMPKIN to sign up. Child care is available, but we need to know how many to expect. So text PUMPKIN, sign up. Let us know how many kids you have coming so we can make sure that is all covered. And by the way, also this coming weekend, um, if you show up this Sunday, things may look a little different. we got about 100 of our guys going on a men's retreat this coming weekend. So pray for our guys. Pray that God moves this weekend, and I know that he will. I have no doubt. So please be in prayer for that. And for you guys, if you're going on the trip and you're here in the room, Real quick, let's do a 
super quick meeting in the FLC directly after this. All right? It'll be five minutes. You're in and out of promise. Just here's what you need to know. Here's what you need to bring. Make sure everybody's good to go. So that's right after this. FLC, five minutes. You're in and out. All right? So that'll be, that'll be that. And then for everything else, all our other announcements, you can download our app. You can give online or give in the giving boxes as you leave. Whatever works best for you. So, hey, let me pray for you and let you go. Lord God, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you, you love us and that you call us and that you make us new and that you then use us, God, to help other people grow in their walk with you as well. I pray, God, that you would bless us, God, as we want to grow in maturity and grow in love and grow in faith. I pray, God, that we would do that and be able to pass that truth on to others. Thank you again for all the folks that have joined today and those that we were able to baptize today. Just, just praise you, Lord. Thank you so much. I pray, God, your blessing on them. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We pray this in your name. Amen. God bless you guys. I love you. Have a great week.